All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast, episode 31 of your favorite people talking about Reds baseball. Uh, tonight we've got some people here to discuss the Reds at the All-Star break, uh, what's gone right, what's gone wrong, what they should or shouldn't do in the second half. So let's start with, uh, you know him as obscure former Reds, obscure ex-Reds, however you want to look for him on Twitter. Ken, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Fantastic. We also have Woo. Woo is back on tonight. How are you doing tonight? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, this is the uh, Yeso Puig's world, and we're just all living in it. So, good, good. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing: we have Polly back with us tonight. Polly, here's the thing, Reds fans: living in the dream. You're not my god, or my father, or my boss. <laughs> that was the best video. Oh, and we got the poor actually too. All right. I, uh, I forgot to grab a beer before I came down here, so I will not be popping any tops tonight. Last and certainly least, Phil, how are you doing? Two for, the, two for the price of one just means one stands around watching while uh, everything else is going on. Phil. That's deep. That was deep. That's what she said. Uh, okay, so let's get started. <laughs> not with <here>. Phil. <laughs> oh, God. God. Yeah, I'll be the one actually watching, but okay. I mean, we're we're two minutes in. We've already lost the uh, the, <laughs> the audience here. But anyway, let's uh, let's get female started. audience is definitely oh, excited about this one. Oh, I mean, all four of them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Callie. Shout out to, I don't even know if she listens all the time. She's the sponsor of the podcast. She don't even listen to half of them. But uh, I haven't listened to it since like episode fifteen. But that sounds like a good sounds like a good way for the sponsor to actually stay the sponsor. By the way, that's true. Uh, and I've never actually listened to this, so. Well, how, Phil? Listen here. You've got to listen so that we get our views up. So maybe we'll get, you know, money coming now, in. I download every episode, but that doesn't mean I have to listen to it. Phil, you're going to get kicked off the podcast if you don't start listening <laughs> to this. You have to listen to it for a minimum of five times a week. But let's talk some uh, some Reds at the All-Star break. Uh, your Cincinnati Reds and my Cincinnati Reds and everybody's Cincinnati Reds because um, the world is free. The world is free. I like that. So Cincinnati Reds are four and a half games out of both the division and the wild card, which is hard to do. I wanted to get everybody's take on what they think of the Reds now when, and what the expectations are for the I would say second half of the season, but it's past halfway. So the second, you know, seven, seven tenths of a half, whatever that math is of a season. Let's start with you, Phil. What did you like so far, and what do you expect the next part of the season? I like the fact that they're four. I mean, they're four and a half games back, so they're absolutely in the race. Um, and uh, I mean, things. The pitching has been fantastic until recently with the uh, the bullpen. Uh, the starting pitching has been amazing. 
Um, and as long as that keeps up, they're gonna. I think they're gonna hang around. Polly, they've been progressively competitive throughout the season. I like that. I really enjoy seeing that. And they've been close to playing five hundred ball almost. And four and a half games out, I like it. They're gonna stay competitive. Maybe be buyers. I don't know. We'll see. Ken, what did I like? Um, I like the pitching. Pitching's been pitch, pitching's been way better than advertised. Um, the offense was atrocious for the first six weeks. Um, it's been getting better. I don't like the fact that Derek Dietrich has their highest OPS. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of sobering. <laughs> Woo! Your thoughts on the first half and expectations for the second? We got like a mini rant. It's all stored hey. up here. Uh, Everybody, be quiet. Woo's gonna rant. <laughs> uh, I mean. The Reds don't suck anymore. It's awesome. It's great. They're four and a half back. That's like Tom's both. wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm sorry. at the same time, <laughs> uh, at the same time, uh, th- this team is also last in the division. There's six teams between them and the second wild card. Um, so while I get everyone's excited about being four and a half back, and definitely after the past many years here, we have a reason to be. It sort of needs to be tempered, and uh, you know, there's a lot. There's there's a big difference between sitting third in the division and fifth in the division, having three teams between you and the wild card, and six teams being between you and the wild card. So much is out of your control, and I have you know had a, sort of had a thread going on Twitter there for a bit about you know you look at you know uh, the standings and how the Reds move or realistically don't move. Uh, you know, the games back might change a little bit, decrease a little bit, but the teams between them and the playoff spot has been static, more or less. And it's because of that. There's so many teams that, you know, you might go uh, you know, 7-3 and three in your past 10, but there might be 2 or 3 in front of you. You go 7-3, and three, the other 2 go, you know, 6-4, and four, and you don't hardly gain any ground. Um, you know, so I went and looked, and back on you know, 6 weeks ago, you know, from uh, this All-Star, heading in the All-Star game, you know, the Reds were 6.5 back in the Central, and five back from the second wild card. Six weeks later, they've gained two games in the central, so they're four and a half, and a half a game in the second wild card. When that started six weeks ago, there was four teams in front of them in the division, and six teams in front of them in the wild card. And that's the same it is as today. And that, you know, we can get excited, but we also need to temperament, you know, ourselves a bit and say, it's very unlikely. This is a this is a flawed team. You know, I think 500 or better, I'll be ecstatic with that at the end of the day. You know, if the division shits itself and, you know, an 83-84 win somehow gets you there, maybe, maybe we have a shot. But there's just a lot working against this team. And you see a lot of, you know, uh, the beat writers and local media, you know, all the end of they're in it, they're in it, they're in it. And, um, you know, I think that's a, a little naive, you know, just due to the sheer number of teams involved. And, it's exciting. It's great. They're fun baseball. The offense has been horrible. Um, you know, we had a the May there was pretty decent, really good, but June since June they just they sucked so bad. Um, yeah, you know, let's let's see what the second half brings. I, re- I really hope they try to target ma- making moves that are more for 2020 and and beyond, not really for 2019. Uh, so that's really my my hope heading into the trade deadline and moving forward. So. Overall, you know, overall, it's uh, you know the Reds don't suck anymore, and that's that's fun. It's entertaining, but let's not 
get carried away with playoff aspirations just yet. Well, for me, the record in the one-run games, especially the first couple months of the season, if the offense had been even league replacement, you'd be looking at a team that's probably 500. Oh, oh yeah. And 500 would be two games out of both the wild card and the division. And you'd leapfrog what? You'd leapfrog two teams in the central and what? Four teams, I think, in the wild card from what I'm just kind of looking at here. So just just that small difference. And I understand that's only it's only three games or two and a half, really three and a half. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> two and a half. I can't count. But that's a big difference at this point in the season with how many teams are in front of them. And well, in the, go ahead. I'm sorry. The division is so close right now. I mean, four and a half games separates first from last place. And I get the wild card. There's six teams in the way, but it, it all the teams in the central are flawed uh, right now. And one winning streak and you're, everything flip-flops so um i i just they are absolutely in it at this point and uh, we'll see what happens at the uh, uh, and it is still early it's still basically half a season to go um so uh, i'm they are absolutely in it until they're not in it but right now they absolutely are well to me the division is what you're going for i think the wild card there's too many teams that jump yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but the division's absolutely gettable. The division on paper is gettable. I agree. But it's all going to depend on the next two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks from now, if the Reds are still where they're at, you've got to sell. If yeah. I, I hate to agree with Phil, um, but <laughs> they're um, they're not in it, but they're not out of it either. Um, I agree that the division the division is where you go. But they play the next month against the division, besides the Rockies. Um, they've got the Brewers and the Cardinals and the Pirates coming up, um, Cubs. I mean, it's all, it's all in, intra-division games. Um, you, you go 15-8 and eight over the rest of the month, and you're going to make up a lot of games because you're beating up on, on all your rivals. I mean, that's a big ask for a team that's what, four games under five hundred. But it's not impossible with um, well and and Paulie, here's the thing. We've only got the one trade trade deadline this year. So you either have to be all in in the next two and a half weeks or all out. Meaning you're either trying to compete or you're trying to add pieces for next year or for years beyond. Go ahead. Here's the thing. Will I really enjoyed your realistic optimism about the rest of the season. They are flawed. The, the, they're flawed. And they're, they're going to tease our hearts and they're going to pull and tug. They need to buy for next year. And I agree. Will, you mentioned that too. I totally, totally agree with you. And that's what you're saying, Coop. It's the next two and a half weeks are, are do or die. And, and I just don't want the Reds to die and not do anything. Am I right? Or am I wrong? They, well, I hope I, I hope they've learned from their past mistakes the last few years of not doing something, doing the right thing. Right, and I agree with that. I think the absolute worst thing that the Reds could do is just do nothing, whether it's not trying to win or not trying to sell off pieces that you know you're not going to re-sign. 
you either have to... They're damn good at that. They are, and they have been for years. So the question is, let's say you're all in to compete. Okay, you're all in to compete. That means you need to go find an upgrade, probably at left field, an upgrade in the bullpen, and an upgrade at catcher. Or you're all in to sell. That means you're selling the guys that are on the one-year deals, and that's fine. Or you do a combination of both. Sitting still doing absolutely nothing is the worst-case scenario. Someone tell me I'm wrong. I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think there's a lot of dynamics in the trade market this year. I mean, it's the first year with the new deadline format. But on top of that, you know, if, if you look at teams, quote, still in it, right? Let's say, what's that number, six or seven teams? Seven games back, I mean? That's all the two teams in the NL. In all of Major League Baseball, it's damn near 20 teams. So you look at that, are all those people going to be buying? Pro- probably not, you know. Um, but I would say it's kind of set to be a seller's market, you know, because there's so many teams that are within a certain number that if you're buying, it's probably not going to be a cheap proposition. And where the Reds are at right now and where I think in terms of the window. I think this year was, we want to be, fi- you know, I thought I felt this heading into the season, 500 or better. That was the goal. Win back fans, make them excited. But 2020 is really where that window opened up. Since Zell would have a whole season under him. Um, you know, a lot of the deals they made for one-year deal, you know, getting people with one-year deals has sort of played into that, in my opinion, with the idea all that money's coming off the books, and they can be, you know, they, they, dip their, they dip their toe in this year, and next year was when they were going to be all in. So if I'm looking at that and it's a seller's market, what can I get for a week that can help me for 2020 and beyond? You know, what, what does a raw arc get me? What is a raw arc with India or something like that, one of our minor leaguers that can give me an MLB bat that I can control for the next four seasons Well, now? And, and that gets me into what I wanted to talk about next is right now the teams that are 100% without a doubt sellers, there's possibly eight and that's it right now. You've got Toronto, Baltimore. There's like only two in the NL, right? You know, realistically, you know, especially if you talk about we're going to gain ground. If you want to say just the division, that's fine. But if you're going to include the wild card, I mean, really, you're going to probably deal with if you're trying to buy. So, I mean, so trying, right? So, Toronto, Baltimore, possibly the White Sox, Kansas City, Detroit, Seattle, possibly the Angels. You've got Miami, probably the Mets. And then likely the Giants, and that might be it in terms of teams that are for sure sellers. So where you're talking about woo the uh, it being a seller's market, if the Reds were to decide to sell, there there's not a whole lot of glut in the market if if that's the proper term that teams that are in contention may be willing to get into a bidding war for some of your pieces because there's just not that many quote-unquote sellers. Uh, Ken, give us your thoughts. An interesting dynamic is that the rest of the way, and, and we've talked about those guys, Roark, Jeanette, Puig, Wood, David Hernandez, and Jose Iglesias. Uh, 2021, they, they only have one. Most of their core is signed for a long time. They've got a window through 2021, 2022. The only free agent after after next year is Di Sclafani. And I don't really count Dietrich because I'm not, I'm not convinced he's going to be on the team next year anyway. 
Um, so if they want to make a pitch for to trade an India, a green, a San, a Santion to go get, um, a controllable bat or pitcher, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that. Somebody beyond because they've got a window. Um, all their good players are signed for at least two more years. Phil. Yeah, I think they need to, uh, they need to go personally. I don't think they should be selling off that many guys because they, the market just has never been there uh, on these, on the one year rental guys. Uh, the market's dried up over the last few years. Um, you're not seeing a lot of one year guys get, bring back anything worth uh, that much anyway. Uh, well, and with them being so close to the division right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And let's face it. This, none of the one year guys are superstars right now. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's not like you're trading Justin Verlander here. Tanner Rourke is a nice, you know, fourth starter for a contender, but it's not like you're you're going to get a Glybar Torres for him or something. Uh, right. So, I, so I think I really think they they need to go ahead and just keep most of those guys. If you get a good enough offer, fine. Um, especially if with Wood possibly coming back. Um, maybe you can move Rourke, but uh, uh, I would absolutely keep Puig. Um, I, I see absolutely no reason to trade him unless you're just bowled over by an offer, which I don't think is going to happen. Polly, here's the thing. I said it before. If we can do the right thing right now, do it. That's whether it be in buyers or sellers, I think. Well, with I, that said, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I think... I think you can be a combination buyer and seller in this market. Yeah. In this market right now, yeah. The next two two and a half weeks, yes. I think the Reds have a, like a lot of options too to do that with. I agree. Woo finish us up on this topic. I, I, I just I, I just keep coming back to I hope the deals are centered around twenty twenty and not twenty nineteen. So if you're buying you're buying you know, I think Dick Wayne's but hey, we're always looking for a control of that. I mean, everyone is, obviously, but... Right, yeah. and I, I agree with you there that if you're going to buy, that's fine, but not buy a rental. You're yeah. Buying a Do guy you, who's, who's going to be here at least next year. This it, is depends a on, it depends on it, the price, though. If you, can get, if you can get a rental for basically nothing, go ahead and get a rental. It, it's, it's a flaw, very flawed team that the, it's entering the window, you know, looking at the contracts, looking at the talent. You know, no one, no one's coming up from the minors in the next two years, unless something crazy happens, right? right. So you have some talent there that you could trade away to somebody who's willing to wait, um, because the Reds, it's it's twenty, to, in my opinion, you know, maybe kind of this year, depending upon if things stay crazy in the Central. It's really next year to twenty twenty three, maybe twenty twenty four. That's the window, and so if you don't see someone coming up and making a big impact in that window, I'm trading them, if, uh, using them as a trade chip. In a heartbeat, um, you know, it needs to be. They got to be all in next year, and all all these one year deals. It's it, it'll be a failure of the front office to hold on to Rourke. You know, probably hold on to Puig. You know, if you, if you want to resign him, get it done now. I don't think that's Puig's going to happen. You know, that's going to happen. Um, you know, if you trade him away, you know, there's always free agency so at the end of the day. But you you've got. Why don't you think that will happen? Well, that, that they won't, the won't. I think he's going to hit the market. I think. I mean, he maybe wants to hit the market. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand he might be scared with everything that's going on, and that's a legitimate concern. 
So if I'm the Reds and, you know, historically started slow and he's been twig, you know, basically, you know, April, May, slow, June takes off, right? And, you know, all his numbers come at the back part of the season. You know, and since June, what, June 1st, he's got like a 165 WRC plus, you know, just knocking the crap out of the ball. You know, I think a lot of people come knocking for that. Um, but if on the Reds and you want to keep him, and I'd be very interested in keeping him personally, you make you got to go now. But I, I just don't see him wanting. I, I see him wanting to hit the market. And um, well, here's I what I so here's what I think. I think you approach Puig, see what his thoughts are on an extension. If he is saying I'm going to go to free agency, I'm going to test the market then you start fielding calls on him and see what you can get at the deadline. Uh, even if you're still wanting to compete, if you can get a, a bat that's controllable for not only this year but next year, I mean, you still have Jesse Winker. You could plug in Phil Irvin if you had to. Uh, you got Nick Senzel. Uh, this team was still floating around the 500 mark even when he was batting 200, you know, and not doing anything. So... If somebody comes to you with an offer on one of these one-year guys, especially Puig, and he tells you that he's not going to sign, that he's going to go to the free agency, then I think you got to pull the trigger. What do you think, Ken? Um, I would like to see him extend Puig. Um, I think that I think they need an outfielder going forward. Um, their outfield isn't great in the minors. Um, they have they have uh, Taylor Trammell. And that's about it. Uh, you got Harris titties. I'm not, I, I'm not sold <laughs> on him. I know. Um, <laughs> I just but, like calling him I mean, Harris titties. Going outside of the box, it wouldn't surprise me um, to see them move Winker. Um, he's, they've basically deemed him a left-hand platoon outfielder. Um, it wouldn't be surprised me if some other GM saw him as more than that, and and the Reds included him in a, in a deal. That's interesting because you've got what he's got at least was it four years of control left, mm-hmm. and he's never really he, been the golden boy either. But he's been. Uh, I mean, he, he was. He's very, <laughs> He was a very highly regarded prospect, at least outside of the organization. He shows a lot of, I think, key intelligence in certain parts of the game for a very young player. That I'd like to see how that develops. I agree. Oh, it, you know, it's, I like him. I just love solid walk rate. His strikeout rate's low. Uh, I just like to see what he does. Is, I mean, we've seen him develop. He's gotten improved since last year. I mean, if you're going to trade him away, there would be a damn haul that's coming back. You know, in terms of that window, right? Well, if you, to me, yeah. if you're going to trade somebody with that much control, with that much potential, then you better be addressing another position with a similar amount of team control. So, they better be addressing middle infield. Right. Well, their middle infield and catcher is garbage. That's what I'm saying. If you if you trade Winker say for a catcher, it can't be a rental. It's got to be somebody who's got sure. at least a couple more years after this year of control. You know, like a, you know, JT Real Muto, goddammit. But uh <laughs> god, I imagine this lineup with him in there. But anyway, that's that's a fairy tale. Um Phil, you got any uh, other thoughts on this? No, not really. Oh, that's good. Great. Thanks for coming back on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, second half of the season, we're 
we don't know really what the Reds are. Are they buyers? Are they sellers? I wanted to get everybody's thoughts on what do you think some of the other teams in the division are going to do? You've got the Pirates, who are kind of in the same boat as the Reds, just a little bit ahead. Uh, two and a half games out of both the wild card and the and the division. Uh, let's start with uh, Polly on this one. Do you see, outside of maybe, you know, Pittsburgh, do you see anybody going after a uh, a big piece at the deadline? I think the, always the Cubs come to mind nowadays within the last few years. Their bullpen has not been the best this year quite yet, so I think they could probably add a piece to that. Um, I honestly haven't paid enough to enough to the Cardinals this year because I could care to well, fuck less about them. <laughs> but uh, honestly, the Cubs they're they're in position to do that. They have the, always had the money. Um, their bullpen is, is their biggest missing link, so to speak. Woo. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Theo's already been on lit everyone up. He's he's ready to mix the stuff up. I expect him to make some big splashes and. Uh, pirates aren't going to do shit. They're the pirates, you know. They're <laughs> that's why I was like, yeah, anybody yeah. the pirates. <laughs> they're, they're bailing ship right now. They wish they could be the Reds in free uh, in the in the trade deadline. So, um, see the Cardinals. The Cardinals have a lot of old or like a lot of a lot of bad contracts sitting around. I think I saw a thread yesterday or somebody yeah. something on that and. To me, the the Brewers are the team to watch at the deadline. I, I think they'll be smartly aggressive. I mean, look what they've done. Look where right. they were, what, three years ago? Or whatever, what, you know, all the rebuilding and bam, they're back. And look I think the, it's a very front, the front office, I, I'd be surprised they don't make, you know, one of those one or two sneaky moves where you're in September going, damn it, how, you know, why, did, why weren't the Reds looking at that guy? They, they've given up some pieces, but they have a, still have a good, pretty good farm system. Uh, Ken, give us your thoughts. The the cardinal the cardinals are to um, need to make a decision. They have holes all over the place. Their second base, their third base, Carpenter's injured. Um, Marcelo Zuna is injured. Harrison Bain, Bader is terrible. Um, their best their best hitter who's active is probably Dexter Fowler. Um, their lineup is not good. How um, dare you not say it's Molina? Come on. Jesus. <laughs> Hashtag not a Hall of Famer. Hashtag um, Yachty a toilet. Anyway, um, so uh, the Cardinals are, are, are either going to sell a lot or they're going to try to go for it and buy it. And I realize that's a terrible take because, of course, it's pretty obvious. But um, their GM is in a shitty place because they do not have, the, they do not have the, the extended contract or the extended talent that that the Reds have cheap. Um, Carlos Martinez makes a lot of money. Miles Miklas makes a lot of money. Paul Goldschmidt makes a lot of money. Matt Carpenter makes a lot of money. Dexter Fowler makes a lot of money. Y- Yadier Molina makes a lot of money. That's a lot of people not producing in, in their lineup. The, their payroll, their payroll is 162 million and they have 147 million committed for next year. Ouch. The Reds really efficient. 57, 57 million committed for next year with a, with $126 million payroll. They're going to have $70 million to spend um, before arbitration. And so they could get a Marcus Stroman. I mean, but no problem. I mean, possible. Uh, Phil, what do you think the uh, other teams in the division are going to do? 
Well, I think the Cubs and the Cardinals would want to add on, but I don't know if they've got the prospects to get what they're going to need. Um, so I don't. I don't. I doubt either one will will sell, but I don't think they're going to be able to buy much. The Brewers are probably in the best position, other than the Reds. The Reds have the best farm club out of the anyone else in the Central. Um, and but they're. I doubt. I mean, they shouldn't. Uh, be dipping that far into the farm. So I think everyone's going to maybe do one or two things, small things, but I don't think anybody's going to do anything major. I know the Cubs, uh, I'm, I'm taking a look at their top 30 prospects, and I mean, I hate to agree with Phil, but uh, after you get past Nico Horner and uh, possibly Miguel Amaya, I I don't think they have somebody who's going to bring them an elite piece. Uh, they might have to package some of their young major league talent, like a David Bode or a Ian App or a, even a Kyle Schwarber or something, if they're looking to make a major play. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? They need a closer. Um, and they, I mean, they no, just they, got Campbell, they, and I they doubt just there's a There's Amir, there's Amir <laughs> Garrett out there. They could, they could go for him. So. Uh, I just wanted to jump in that the Cubs' number 11 prospect is a shortstop named Zach Short. Continue. I just thought that was funny. I'm sorry. Fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> He's, his name's Zach Short, and he plays shortstop. Does nobody else see? Fuck. God damn it. But it's like, that's can, like having a Can you draw me a map daily. so I can understand that one? <laughs> and he's only 5'10". Whoa, there you go. I mean, he's not he's not Borf short, but I was say <laughs> that video today. Shout out Borf! Video, Shout out Borf! That video, the guy in the the bagel shop. I was. <laughs> oh my god! Every woman says it. <laughs> You're not my Did father. Hero would be terrible. <laughs> You're not my father. You're not my boss. The offense is horrible. Well, yeah. I mean. I've been looking over at the last whatever. It's so bad. Oh my god! Um, You've been obsessing with this for the last like, oh, months. It, it, well, it's because I kept being like, okay, it's gotten better, right? And I, I started looking at the numbers. I no, not really. It's been pretty shitty. Um, at the beginning of the season, we look at it like, oh my god, it can't get any worse than this, and it didn't. You know, like the the lines are better, but production for June and it's, it's just as bad as the beginning of the season. Like they they literally scored one more run, you know, uh, March and April as they did in June in the first week of July. One more run, one more goddamn run. Um, that's it. Uh, I mean, Jose Peraza has been a train wreck. I was a big Jose Peraza fan coming into this season. Um, I I, I realized he's never going to get on base really really well, but I mean he he hit really well at the end of last season or the, the last five months of last season. Um, but uh, he's hitting two twenty-two this year. Um, a fifty-six OPS plus. I mean, with as many at bats as he's getting, that's his his uh, wait, uh, WRC plus since June one's thirty-nine. Oh my god! See, yeah. It, I mean, as much as fans love Jose Iglesias. His OPS plus is eighty. Hey, um, uh, his OPS seven hundred five. But I, I'm I'll okay say, with that. Uh, I, yeah, because uh, of the defense he brings you. If if you have production in the other spots of the lineup, 
and you can bat Jose Iglesias eighth, I'm okay with that. I mean, he's he doesn't strike out a ton. He makes contact. Yeah, he does make a lot of outs, and he doesn't walk a ton. Oh, my God. His walk's 5% walk rate since yeah, June 1. It's just right. Bad. It's just he's better than Jose Peraza, though. I just look they at him more. as like... Sorry, go ahead. They, they need more from the outfield. Um, and I realized... Week was historically terrible, and he's gotten his OPS all the way, all OPS plus all the way back to 100. And after where he was the middle of May, that that's pretty good. But he needs to keep doing that. So, so yeah, you look look at since since June one, basically this offense has been Puig, Votto, Winker, and that's it. And since L's, he's like an 80, you know, like an 89 WRC plus. Uh, but well, and, everyone else has just been pure poop, and, like just. Philip Irvin's been better than almost any you know that, that man should be getting he strikes out a shit ton but who doesn't should be getting a lot more plate appearances than he has been uh, with how the less the lineup's been producing at this point when I think it's been proven that Scooter Jeanette's broken dick hasn't fully healed because he has just looked awful well, at the plate and I hate to do the whole I told you so but I told you know you so. two <laughs> yeah I told you two weeks ago I'm like, oh we're gonna get this bat back it's gonna save everything and uh, that was a big assumption, and here we are, you know. Just, I mean, it's only I didn't 20 plate appearances, though, so, I mean. Oh, I know, but it, it's it's a big assumption to assume he's just going to come back and be the scooter of two previous seasons, or one and three-quarter previous seasons. It's just. I I just wanted to get good and sell him. I was hoping for that, but that didn't happen. I, w- I, was, I was hoping that he would come in, I mean, hope and then reality i knew he wasn't going to just you know come in and light the world on fire but uh, i was hoping that he would at least be somewhat productive to where maybe somebody on the last day of the deadline on the 31st gets desperate and wants to give up something useful for him but that's not happening now so anyway how about we move on to our next segment which is listener questions Unlike the Red Leg Nation podcast, which is viewer questions, viewer mail, uh, shout out to Chad, uh, this is listener questions. And when I put this out for the Twitterverse, I asked everyone to use the hashtag wet granny sluts. And I wanted to apologize because I wasn't thinking when I <laughs> told people to use that hashtag. So maybe don't click on the hashtag itself, just use it. Because, I mean, anyway. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Our uh, our first question comes from Yoda Cat. And uh, he's been banned so many times that his ad is now Y-C-O-A-D-T-A. Uh, he asked, hashtag, what granny sluts? I swallowed an ice cube three days ago and still haven't pooped it out yet. Should I go to the doctor? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, yes, you should go to definitely go proctologist. To proctologist. Check the proctologist. Uh, he probably just needs an enema. Yes, Sh- shove shove like three enemas up there in a row, and see if it'll come out. Uh, at the same time. At the same time, just and do the whole yeah. Stick your finger up there, see if you can pull it out. Ask for help. Yes. Ask for some help. Yes, have somebody uh, stick a coat hanger up there, see if they can hook onto it. Um, oh God! Yeah, not the other. Yeah, we're not going. We're not going to touch that one. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> our next question comes from some guy named Phil, who's on the podcast. Who's a damn sexy beast? 
he asks, uh, Phil asks at hashtag what granny sluts, which current red, including the free agents to be, should be the biggest priority to sign long term? To me, it should be Nixon Zell as your biggest priority to sign long term uh, because you've pissed him off already. If you can somehow find the goodwill to buy out his arbitration in the first few years of uh, free agency, then you would do it. After that, Luis Castillo. Uh, let's start with, since you asked it, Phil, go with you. I'd probably say Castillo uh, and then Senzel, um, but basically the same reasons. But yeah, they got to they gotta get both of those guys under, uh, uh, try to buy out arbitration in at least one year of free agency. Uh, Ken, go ahead. It's Puig. It's, um, they've got control over those other guys. Um, I understand Castillo. I would love to see him sign a, a five- or six-year team-friendly deal, but they need an, outfield, an, an outfielder. And if they don't get him there, who plays right field next year? Woo. Oh, damn it. He took my answer. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't see Castillo ever signing a team-friendly deal. Um you know, if he stays injury-free and that how he's performing now, a little later, he's going to want to touch the free agency market. So, you know, maybe you can flash some money in front of him and, you know, he'll be like a Suarez and say, I'll take that. You know, sometimes that can work in terms of family or whatnot. So I guess target him a little bit. Uh, but I agree. Puig would be who I target on the team. Outside of that, whoever's in the free agent market, they got, they got to make a big splash next year. It's offseason, in my opinion, so. Here, uh, that'd be that'd be my big money. Here's the thing, Polly. What what say you? You butter the bread for everything for Nixon's. Oh, you do everything. You, you say Jeff, you you <laughs> you give him Jeff Ruby's restaurant. You say this is now Nixon's Zell's restaurant. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> They're all called Nixon's Zell's now. <laughs> so the precinct. It's the Sinzel link. To, I don't know. No, it's a precinct, but it's Nixon Zell. Okay. <laughs> All right. Our next question comes from Skella Jesus at YYAGEET1 on Twitter. He asks, uh, Where do I meet hashtag wet granny sluts? I know that's the usual crowd down at the Grail, but I can't deal with the hashtag dry grandpa pubes that also hang there. So. Phil, where would you meet wet granny sluts? I don't know the Cincinnati area well enough to help you out there. What about Iowa? I, I haven't moved there yet. <laughs> Texas? Texas? I could figure it out in Texas and Atlanta, but I, I, got, I can't let the information out because then what am I going to uh, be able to get my own? So. Uh, how are you going to get paid? All right, next question. There's <laughs> um, a... And I, I, and Polly, help me out here. There's a bar in Fort Thomas that I think uh, that you would go to meet wet granny sluts. Um, I was thinking about Adam. Is that Midway? It's called Midway. At, at Midway. What, what about Kings Island? How Phil, you would get Island? beat up at Kings Island. <laughs> I love and, Kings and Island, by I, the way. I honestly would want the Reds to sign Ric Flair to a one-day deal just to kick your ass and wrestle your <laughs> I would happily take a beating from Ric Flair. Before we you go. happily take a beating from every old man. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Before we continue with the questions, this, this, 
popped it. That's a good out question. Head. Yeah, it was a good question. Thank you, uh, Skella Jesus. But uh, I think the Red should have a podcast night where all of the people, all of the all of the hosts and guest hosts and co-hosts of the podcast of the Cincinnati Reds podcast of the Triumvirate or not Triumvirate, the quartet of the good ones anyway, which is us, the Hunt Fred's October podcast. You've got Red Leg Nation. You've got uh, the Reds Alert podcast, Red Reporter, and Locked on Reds. That's only five, so I can't count. But you should bring us all Reds. That's that's the drinking that yeah. you mentioned on. So. Yes. So Reds, if you're listening, and you should. I mean, Phil Castellini you probably listens to this every every week. Have a day where you bring us down there. Bring us on the field. We will find an old man to kick Phil's ass on the field during the pregame. We can... Whoa, 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 wait a minute. It's perfect. Marty can kick my ass. I mean, he probably would. I wouldn't want him to kick my ass. That'd be embarrassing. I would buy a ticket to see Marty kick your ass, because he, he would do that, too. So yeah, it, with, him leave, with him leaving this year, it's perfect. So everybody tweet to Marty. Can I drink beers on the field? Everybody tweet to Marty that we're going to do this whole get Phil's ass kicked on the field by Marty. Uh, you if. You should know his at by now. Everybody tweet him when you hear this and say, hashtag kick Phil's ass on the field. Uh, so the Reds, if you're listening, Phil, Phil Castellini, let's get this done. Jamie Ramsey, we can get, he can actually get that he, done, he I think. Punch you in the face and then there's a warm up. And this part. Oh, Jello wrestled Jamie Ramsey. Our next question comes from Jared Jernigan at Jared Jernigan on Twitter, if I'm saying that right. Uh, he asks, uh, hashtag what granny slits. What is the airspeed velocity of unladen swallow? African or European. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm licking my finger. Europe, Europeans right in uh, kilometers. So that throws me off every time. Well, and he didn't specify. So, I mean, I don't think Kil- we have to answer it. Kilometers per hour? I don't, I don't can't, I can't do the math on that one. Yeah. 20 kilometers kilometers per hour. This is America. We don't do kilometers, commie bastards. So let's move on, Jared. You didn't you didn't specify this. Fuck is, your meters. This is what happens. Richard St. John at Richard Versus asks, and he doesn't use the hashtag, which, I mean, come on, Richard. If the Reds are buyers... What well, a dick. <laughs> okay, that cracked me up. Uh, if, the Reds, <laughs> if the Reds are buyers, what one person would you want them to go after? Let's start with Ken on this one. Ken, one guy you can have, Reds are buyers... Who do you go get? Um, Marcus Stroman or Tim Anderson? All right. Polly. Uh, the other day, I was thinking um, Wilson Ramos, actually. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Phil. Still, oh, that's a bad one. I know. The catcher for the White Sox, whose name I cannot think of right this second? McCann? Yeah. James McCann? Yeah. I yeah. So. I agree with that one. Woo. Hell, go get Brian McCann. He's old. Woo. Since this is a fantasy world, I would go with who the Reds should have gotten last damn off season, which is Real Milto. Um, I I would say uh, Francisco Lindor, but that's I mean that's a that's a beyond it's a fantasy world. world. Come on. Yeah, but that's even like a fantasy world in a fantasy world. Uh, so I will say Whit Merrifield. That's an excellent choice. It I would die. Choice. I would. I would. I would be ecstatic if he was. What about Will Smith? 
he's he's old and overrated. Yeah, and, he makes movies. And he's a rapper yeah. and in movies and stuff. Right. I don't th- I don't think his war would be very good. But but be more specific. Which Will Smith? Because there's the catching prospect for the Dodgers and the pitcher for the Giants. I'm the catching prospect. But he went to Louisville, so he's already doesn't count. That's just, that's no. That's a joke. That's nah. a joke. Uh, <laughs> um, so. I think that's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Uh, let's go around the room here and uh, get everybody's final thoughts. Let's start with Woo. Give us your final thoughts. My final thoughts are let's have some fun, enjoy what's coming. Hopefully uh, the Central stays a big cluster and in this uh, after the deadline here, August gives us some, some entertainment and we'll see where it heads and yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. The 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 Reds the Reds aren't bad. The Reds aren't great, but the Reds aren't bad, and and that's good. And uh, looking forward to looking forward to what the rest of the season brings. Phil, give us your final thoughts. I have popcorn waiting for me, so uh, I'll make this short. Thank you. <sighs> Polly, here's the thing. <laughs> give us your final thoughts. Here's the thing, Phil. I hope you get beat up tonight by an old man. Shout out to Borf. <laughs> I hope you grow overnight. Reds fans, let's hope I mean, you're five hundred. When did Polly doing this to me? Because, because it's I got an official microphone. That's why. That's true. And you've been the I nice hope, one. I, I have been a nice one till now. <laughs> and I hope the Reds bring up Tatramel for a cup of coffee in September. They move a couple players. They play some chess for 2020. I enjoy Wu's realistic optimism about the Reds, the final part of the season, and into next year. Also, <laughs> never use Francie for a name. Use a man's <laughs> right name as Francisco Lindor, or maybe Francisco Cordero. I mean, you, you can. This, even... is five... five part... this is a five part closing statement. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> you can say Frankie. And even that's borderline. But Francie, you get the fuck on. First of all, it sounds like France. And second of all, it's just stupid. So, if you are hearing me right now, and you use the word Francie, go fuck yourself. Ken, let's do your final thoughts. I think Alex Wood will be magically activated the day after the, they, they trade um, Tanner Roark. Nice, nice. Um... This year still feels a lot like 2009. Um, their their record between now at, at the break is within a game of 2009. Um, so I can see them getting a Scott Rowland type of player, hopefully a, a, a little younger and not as close to being a waste of space as Rowland was. But um, now, to be I fair, think Rowland was good for half a year. He was an all star in what 2010. Yeah, he was good for half a year. Hopefully, yeah. he gets somebody hit the curveball, the hanging curveball. God so. damn it, Woo. You had to bring that up. Uh, Ken, are you done? <laughs> I am now after that. Yeah. I'll continue. Continue. Are you telling me Jesus good. can't hit a curveball? Well, Jesus might not be able to, and neither can Scott Rowland. Uh, so, before I do. Are you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? I mean, he might. I want to do before I do my uh, final thought. I want to do two shout outs. One shout out to Uncle Ram at Uncle Ram on Twitter. 
Burmy wasn't on here to do the shout out, so I'll do it for you. Uh, also, I wanted to shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, the Cincy Sports Gallery. Uh, go see Callie and uh, ask her about the guy who shit his pants in the store today. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's not the first time. But so, yeah, send uh, send Callie at Callie Rules on Twitter. Send her a tweet. Ask her about the guy who shit his pants in the store today. Today is Wednesday, July 10th. So, yeah, ask her about that. She loves talking about that. So for my final thoughts, uh, I had some predictions. I predict the Reds will trade Tanner Roark. I think they will try to trade Derek Dietrich. They will try to sign Yasiel Puig. And they will attempt to trade for Clint Frazier. I don't think it'll happen, but I think they will make it attempt. And that's my final thoughts. So if you agree, disagree, send us some uh, tweets. So for Phil and Polly and Woo and Ken, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.